Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Mathias. I want to welcome you to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm Robert Beeson. We're glad that you spent some time, or going to spend some time with us. Yes, we're glad you're going to spend some time with us. <laughs> Robert, uh, I didn't point this out uh, until now, but I have a special uh, sort of jacket on mm. that's unique to the state of Maine. What's, uh, I don't get it, I, I, I'm familiar with that brand. Well, this brand is made in outside of Portland, Maine. Oh, okay. And so their flagship store is just north of Portland, Maine. Um, about 10 minutes and I bought it. Not only did I, not only is this from Maine, but I bought it in Maine. So mm -hmm. that makes it like Mainer clothes. Ah, I see. I like it. It's cool. Do they make it for men? I know. It, it just <laughs> never gets old. <laughs> you're so funny. So you're wearing something though, very outdoorsy, which I have complimented you on already and even, even checked it out. What, what, what do you, where did you get that? And why are you suddenly wearing my clothes? What's going on? This is not your clothes. This is. Did a, you get my closet? <clears throat> what? No, I didn't. This is just a shirt that I like. That's a I very manly shirt. I'm just. It's a little tree hugger for me. It, I'll give you that. It's very tree hugger, and that's why I thought you might have gotten it out of my closet. And the reason we're talking about all this irrelevant information <laughs> is to try to let you know that uh, you can also view this on YouTube. Uh, in addition to the plot, the platforms that you're listening to us on, we're trying to appeal to your visual sense and say, well, you don't know what we're talking about unless you go see the video. So that's, that's a true. little background as to why we're well, talking about definitely these a carrot, things. And we're trying to uh, definitely, definitely grow our online uh, YouTube audience. So we are shamelessly plugging each other's clothes in an effort to shallowly <laughs> and superficially entrap you. So for parents who are listening and have been listening to our show, you know that Robert and I are not quite right. So it's okay, and you're not surprised. For those who are just tuning in, I'm Pastor Brad Mathias, and uh, I have three grown children and two grandchildren. Robert, tell them your story. Yeah, I'm a blended family. I had three daughters of my own, was a single dad for eight and a half years. My wife had three boys. Together, we became somewhat of the Brady Bunch, and uh, I have a grandbaby just as of a month ago, Lucy. a month yesterday, Lucy. Yes. We uh, therefore represent the breadth and depth of fatherhood in the sense <laughs> that we've done everything that you can do wrong, and God still rescued our families. That's so true. So the title, Brilliantly Brave Parenting, is tongue-in-cheek at best because neither one of us feel brilliant or brave as parents. On our own, for sure. Today, we have a very famous online guest. In fact... She is a big deal, Robert. I know, I know. Her name is Brittany Ann. She is the founder and head of Equipping Godly Women. Thanks, Brittany Ann, for being a part of our show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. We, uh, we've looked at your website. We've seen the breadth and depth of what you do. It is extensive. You have a lot of content. You have a lot of information. But at the end of the day, it seems that you you are serious and interested in the study of Scripture. Is that accurate? Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. It all comes down to taking everything back to the Bible 
as we are parents, as we are wives or, you know, whatever relationships that we are in, that we're going to scripture to learn how to do all of the things that God has entrusted to us to be able to do all of them very well. What uh, what took you to the place of making this your your life's work or your calling? Was there something in your life that like kind of led you on this path? Um, yeah, for me, it was not intentional. I never set out to create a website for Christian women specifically. Um, I just I was home. I had babies at home and I found out about blogging and thought, hey, that's something that I could do during nap time when the babies are sleeping at the end of the night. Just some kind of creative grown up thing for me to do when my babies were babies still. And the more that I started writing and the more that I started sharing God's word with women and giving them encouragement and resources and all the things that we um, as Christian parents need in order to parent well, uh, I just fell in love with it to the point now like this is what I do and I love it. That's amazing. I know that uh, there's a whole blogging world out there, and I know that um, mothers in particular find a lot of inspiration from Christian blogs and, and parenting stuff. What kind of things are you doing on your website that would really be an encouragement to a mom who's listening? Well, my focus on my website is basically to help women to challenge them with the word and to equip and encourage them with the information and the knowledge and advice that they need in order to be the Christian mom that they want to be, to be the Christian wife that they want to be. Because I feel like so many times it's really easy to open up the Bible and you see all of these verses and you're like, okay, I know Christians are supposed to be this, that, or the other thing. Um, But how does that show up in a day-to-day life? Like, how do I actually walk it out? How do I be a good Christian mom to my kids? Like, what does that look like? And I think that we can sometimes forget or miss some of those practical, just really practical steps, um, especially for things that are situation specific. So if your kid is involved in this thing, or if you have this specific struggle with your husband, you know, the Bible doesn't have a verse for every single topic we could ever, you know, face in our life. So taking scripture and understanding scripture and pulling that all together into articles where when women um, have specific things that they're dealing with, they can get on Equipping Godly Women and they can find an article that's going to help them, that's going to walk them to so practically step by step through, okay, here's what you do first. Here's what you do next. Um, and then I am also working on growing my YouTube following as well. So we're together in that, <laughs> I imagine. Um, but that's just another platform that I use as well so that It's one thing for people to read an article that's going to say, okay, first do this, next do this. But it's just so special to be able to actually talk to somebody um, when they can hear your excitement and your enthusiasm and really just the tone that you convey and to be able to show Christian women, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like um, to give that example that some of us have. Um, I grew up in a Christian home that was fantastic. And so I had a really good example from my mom, um, but not everybody has that. And it can be so easy in today's society, like looking around and seeing what everybody is doing, but just to have that thing that's going to challenge you and encourage you and equip you and say, okay, let's figure out what God's word says about this. And then let's figure out how to apply that specifically to our lives. And here's what that looks like. Hmm. I love I love what you're doing. I love your um, perspective on things. What are some of the common themes that you hear from some of the people that follow your blog or your your devotions? Are, are there things that are that are common threads that you hear from women? Yeah, absolutely. One of the 
biggest issues that I hear a lot is that women just don't have enough time in the day. Hmm. And time management doesn't always seem like something that's, you know, super spiritual or Christian, but it's so necessary for women to use their time well so that they have the time to read their Bible. That's the biggest thing that I hear again and again is, well, we want to read the Bible. Or we want to do these things, but I'm just so busy. And Christian women as a whole, or at least the ones who visit my website, um, they're busy. They're being a mom. They're being a wife. They are taking care of the house. They might be working. They might be volunteering. And they're doing all of these really great Christian things, um, possibly for other people or involved in things at church um, that they can sometimes forget to leave the margin and leave the space in their own life that they can have that regular quiet time mm-hmm. in the morning, whether it's at night, whenever it is, um, but so that they can have that time. Um, so that's one thing that I hear a lot. And I do have a quiet time planning guide on my website. It's all over the place. Um, I can give you a link to that as well. But um, that's one thing that I have that really helps women to sit down and say, okay, what's all on my plate? What do I need to do in the day? You know, what responsibilities has God given me? Um, what things do I have going on? But in the midst of all of this really good, wonderful stuff, how can I make sure that I am making God and his word a priority so that I have the time that I'm sitting down? I'm in the word. I'm reading it for myself. It's not just listening to a podcast as wonderful as they are. It's not just reading a blog post as helpful as that can be, but to be in the word yourself and to just fill your mind with all of that goodness um, and then use that to help form who you are and the decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis as you relate to your family and to the whole world around you. That's great. So how do, what does that look like for you? If we drill down a little bit, you're busy, you're a mom, you're a wife, you've got you know all these activities that you're pouring out into other people. Um, how do you make margin for yourself to connect spiritually or to read the Bible? What, what are some practical things that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it started out with simply being really intentional to sit down and plan out my day well. So I never just, well, maybe on Saturday sometimes, but <laughs> in general during the week, I don't ever just wake up and say, okay, what do I have to get to today? Or I don't wake up and say, oh my goodness, I have so many things to do. I always start, and this is time management stuff, but it's so applicable. Um, I always start with a list. Okay, here's the things I need to get done. And I start with a schedule. So for me, Um, My day starts with, I wake up just a few minutes before the kids. I don't wake up super early. Some Christians do. I don't. Um, (laughs) I just like to. It's not necessary. Um, But I wake up just a few minutes early so I can kind of ease into my day, get the kids up, get them ready for school. I have three kids. The oldest two go to school. The youngest is home with me. Um, So I spend the first part of my day taking care of them and getting them where they need to go. Um, But then once I'm back home and it's just me and my daughter here, then that's the time that I really prioritize. In the morning, first thing, as soon as I am home and it's just me and her, we'll make some more breakfast for us um, and I'll sit and I'll read my Bible, have quiet time, pray and have that time because for me, I found that's the best time in my day. Um, And I don't just have it on accident. I've planned like this is when I do it. This is a really good time and I've set that time aside. And at first, yeah, I did have to work on it and create it. Um, turn it into a habit. But once it became a habit, it's easiest. Okay, that's the time that I do these things. Um, And then throughout the rest of the day, I just set aside specific time for different things. Like during the day, I'm working on equipping godly women. I have things, I have a checklist I'm going down. Once I pick up the kids from school, then I, that's kid time. I'm there. I'm there for them. You know, I might have things planned that I want to do, or maybe we're just hanging out. Maybe we're running errands, but that's my time set aside for them. And in the evening, hanging out with my husband. So just getting really intentional of not just saying, 
okay, I'm going to wake up and see where my days goes, but planning it in advance and saying, okay, what's the most important thing? Okay. Where is that going to happen? Let's make sure that time in the Bible, um, that is a given that's going to happen. And throughout the day, if I have extra time, you know, I'm always going to be praying all day. I'm going to be reading Christian books all day. I love doing those sorts of things anyways, but having that time set aside, deciding in advance, this is the time I'm setting it aside. Nothing else, you know, is going to happen during this time. This is what's going on. Um, I found it really helpful. I'm curious as a pastor, I, I engage with people all the time and in these areas of scripture study, the disciplines of devotion, if you will, uh, how do you deal with the dry times? How do you sort of press through when this isn't fun anymore or it's not necessarily giving you the spark that it used to? Yeah, that's a great question because that's something that we are all going to deal with. And to pretend that, you know, reading your Bible every day or being a great wife every day or being a great mom, like there's going to be days when you don't feel like it. Um, so I think, first of all, just recognizing that that's normal. There's going to be some kind of ebb and flow. Like, honestly, there are days when I love reading my Bible and I could, you know, I don't want that time to end and I want to keep reading. And I wish that was all I had to do that day. Yeah. And then there are days where I'm like, I don't really yeah. feel like it. I have other things to do. Um, and that's okay. And that's normal. And that's totally fine. Um, but there does need to be some sort of discipline in it because if you are just going based off of your feelings and what you feel like doing that day, um, none of us would ever do anything. We just sit on the couch and eat cookies all day and watch, you know, whatever on TV and nobody wants that kind of life. So just realizing, you know, there's some days you're going to have to discipline yourself and there's some days where you're going to say, I don't feel like doing this. And maybe on those days you read a little bit less or you spend a little bit less time and that's fine. Or you can find ways to make it more enjoyable. Um, for example, I recently finished reading through the Old Testament. And some of those books of the prophets are more interesting than others. We'll just put it that <laughs> way. Um, but some of them are really difficult to read. And so what I found myself doing for those, because I just am coming out of a really busy season right now. Now things are more relaxed. But um, being in that busy season and then trying to read Old Testament prophets um, was not a great combination. So what <laughs> What worked out really well for me was I started listening to the Bible on an audiobook. Um, and so I could do that while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm folding laundry. And then I found an app that would narrate it and kind of bring the story to life. So instead of sitting and reading, you know, one chapter at a time and one chapter, and I feel like sometimes, depending on the part of the Bible you read, but in the Old Testament, especially if you're trying to read just here's one teeny snippet, one teeny snippet, you just don't get as much out of it, at mm -hmm. least for me in the Old Testament. Whereas when I could listen to it on audiobook while I'm driving, while I'm doing the dishes, like I could see a much broader picture of the story. And it was a lot more interesting because it wasn't just one isolated event. It was, and then the Israelites did it again. And then the Israelites did it again. And I'm like, didn't we just hear this? And then they did it again. <laughs> um, but it just really, that was one thing that I did that really helped bring it to life. Um, you could also read with friends, join a Bible study, you know, have a friend um, where you say, hey, let's read through the book of whatever together and text each other or call each other every day and say, okay, what did you get out of it? And then that adds an additional layer of accountability and interest as you're talking about it together. You can switch to a different translation of the Bible if you're yeah. just 
to yeah. read. Um, there's just, you could get um, so many Bible studies and extra materials. There's just so many things to do. So if you feel like reading the Bible or spending time with God isn't interesting, um, it could just be that you need to make a change. Like there's lots of ways to make it more interesting, more creative, to fit it with your personality type. Um, yes, you should still be in the word and yes, you should still be praying, but that can look a lot of different ways mm-hmm. in different seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding my head and, and affirming everything you're saying because those are all things I'm familiar with. As a pastor, we're supposed to miraculously just thirst for the Word of God constantly, and I'm here to say that's not always true. Um, but I can say that the Scripture, the days that I am driest or when I feel the, it's the biggest battle to get to the Scriptures and to spend time reading, those are the days I need it the most. Right. You know, there is a spiritual battle that comes when you try to engage with scripture. This isn't just like reading uh, a bestseller. Right. You know, this isn't just recreational reading. It's not just pleasure. There is a battle to be fought to to engage with the scriptures. And oftentimes in those dry seasons that you really realize that it is the living word of God. And because mm-hmm. you're coming from a dry perspective, you may not even feel like reading the Bible necessarily. And that's when you like I've been surprised more often than not that like, wow. I was really thirsty for this. I didn't even realize it. And, and you realize that the Word of God is is not just information, but it's transformational. And so I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with your kids and how this um, pursuit of getting to the Word of God, how you um, impart that to to your kids. You have a couple that are in school, you said. And so, you know, a lot of times as parents, we don't feel like the experts spiritually. Um, we feel kind of inadequate. And we know just from the research that we've done here at iShine is the number one influence for a kid is their parent. But a lot of moms and even dads out there don't feel like they can be the expert spiritually. So what does that look like for you in mentoring your kids to make the Bible central? Well, I think the first thing to realize and understand is that you don't have to be an expert. Your kids aren't coming to you as a like Bible theology teacher, like professor, like they right. don't need that. Um, what your kids need is just somebody a few steps ahead of them. Maybe you're, I mean, if you're a new baby Christian, maybe you're a couple steps ahead of them and that's fine. Um, or maybe you've been doing it for a lot longer, but they don't need, depending, especially on the ages, um, but they don't need somebody who's an expert who knows all of the theology. That's not your job to impart to them every piece of theology and every single thing that they need to know. Hmm. Um, I consider my job as a parent is to teach my kids how to walk that path, how to lead that direction. So instead of saying, okay, let me sit down with you and step by step, here is every piece of theology. I'm not going to do that, but, and I will give them some of that. Um, But what I'm going to do is they're going to see their mom who is learning these things, who is researching their things. I'm not teaching them the theology. I'm teaching them how to be somebody who cares about theology, Mm. how to be somebody who pursues that. Um, A big thing that's really important to me is that my kids see me read the Bible. My kids see me, they see me read Christian books. And maybe I'm not sitting there and saying, okay, sit right next to me and let me tell you every single thing I learned. But as a mom and as a dad, um, as somebody who has an influence over these children, you are teaching them what normal looks like. Mm-hmm. So in your house, is it normal to read your Bible or is that something only like weird Christians do? Is it normal to pray? 
Is that something that's just an automatic reflex because that's what you always do? And so it becomes a habit because you can start to develop these habits in your children. Um, how do you speak to other people? How do you, you know, what do you do in a really tough situation? Do you um, give money to church? All of these things, you don't have to sit down and give them the whole theology but you can show them what it looks like to be a Christian madly in love with God who cares enough to do the spiritual disciplines of prayer and reading your Bible so that that becomes normal to them. And they start to develop those habits as they're younger and to say, okay, when I have a question, it's okay to not know. And it's okay to not be sure, mm. but this is what I do. When I have a question, when I'm not sure I go to my Bible, or if they ask you a question, it's okay to say, Hey, honestly, I don't know, but that's a really great question. Let's go look it up together and to teach them, you know, not every answer, but to teach them it's okay to have questions. Here's how we go look it up. Let's go look it up together. And we have that teachable spirit, um, but we also have this excitement about the word where we want to learn more. Um, I remember, honestly, when I was a little girl, we had a babysitter and I remember next to nothing about anything about going to their house, except the husband told me one day he was like, Hey, this is my Bible, which I grew up in a Christian home, but he was just sharing. Anyways, hey, this is my Bible. Best book I have ever read, and it has everything in it. And I love this book. And as a little kid, I was like, "That's weird," because the Bible is big <laughs> and hard to read. But that was something that always stuck with me, and right. that's the kind of parent that I want to be now. Where I, my kids, see me saying, "Yes, this is my Bible. I make this a priority. I sit every day and I read this." And I don't, you know, it's great to read on your phone, but also to let your kids see you sitting on the couch or at the kitchen table. Here's my Bible right in front of me. I am sitting, I am reading, I am doing this so that it becomes more normal for them. So teaching them not the theology, but here's how you walk that path. Here's what it looks like to be this kind of person. That's so great. And modeling it for them and modeling the pursuit of God. And you said something I think is really important that and that is that, you know, if you're used to reading your Bible on your phone or on your iPad, your kids don't necessarily know what you're looking at on your screen. And so there is value in having a physical copy of the Bible um, or in some way pointing out that that is what you're doing. Um, I, I was in a conversation, I guess it was last week, with someone that was just convicted. They were sitting in church and uh, it came time to do the donate, you know, the offering. And they passed the plate and she didn't put anything in because she gives online. And then it occurred to her, like, my kids don't know that I give online. I'm not, you know, so she's started making a habit of actually still online giving, but making sure that she cuts a check or puts together cash and the kids see her put money in the basket. Because otherwise, that's the, the, the convenience of technology has also kind of diluted like the actions that we do every day. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned that about modeling, reading the physical word of God, because our kids need to see that, whether it's giving or whether it's reading the Bible. It's important for them to see an example of that. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, my mother, I'm 49, so my mom, when I was four, five, six years old, every morning was praying. Hmm. And she'd have her, you know, her big leather Bible open and she was writing in it and she always journaled something. And I just thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. Like every day I could, I mean, it did not matter what day it was. My mom was praying and reading her Bible. And I was shocked later as I got older and I was sort of around other parents. I'm like, your mom doesn't, you know, right? your mom doesn't do that. Um, and that was never, never anything your mom said. No, she never, ever talked about it with me. But, you know, she's 79 now mm -hmm. and she lives with me because of my dad has passed and she still 
She doesn't get up as early as she used to. Right. But she's still in there reading her Bible and praying and journaling. So it's a lifelong uh, testament, I guess, a heritage of faith that I inherited. So as you're describing that and as you're sort of modeling that for your kids and inspiring other women to do so, let my story, I guess, confirm and affirm you that that is indeed what happens and is worth the battle to do that. And like you were saying, Brittany Ann, it's, it's not, that's not words. We don't have to think that we've got the, the theology corrected. We don't have to think we have all the right answers because words are just, they're important, but so much more is spoken about our pursuits and what we model and what we do. Like you're, your mom never said, this is what you should do every morning, but it was a part of your life. So back to what you were saying, Brittany, about like not, not having to have the answers, not having to feel like you're the expert to have a huge impact on your kids. I'm curious, as, as you have expanded your ministry, and I, I see you've written a book, Putting God First. You have this quiet time planning guide on your website that's free, by the way, for listeners. Um, equippinggodlywomen.com has, as I looked through it, there were several really cool links and opportunities for women to grow in their faith. I think, I think I saw some journaling information as well. Do you talk about journaling? Is that something you encourage? Um, I do encourage it for anybody who is helpful, who finds it helpful. I don't write, a, it's not one of the main themes of my blog that I write about a lot, um, but I do have several posts about how to get started with Bible journaling and, you know, what to, what information you need. Uh, also, if you are interested in Bible journaling, but you're one of those people who doesn't really write, who like reading in your Bible, um, some information of how you can do that without writing in your Bible, because that's, you know, what I prefer to do. Um but in general, the articles on my website is just, I'm trying to build this resource for Christian women. So whatever you are dealing with, whatever situation um, that you're going through, that you can get on there and you can find, okay, here's an article for how to raise kids who are thankful. Here's an article for how to keep your kids safe online. Here's an article for when you and your husband disagree about your parenting. How do you handle that while still being respectful to your husband, but still taking care of your kids? How do you find time to read the Bible? Um, and also for people who are subscribed to my email list, I send out emails all the time with just encouragement and, you know, challenging them and more information just to say, okay, here's some things you can do not to put more guilt on you. Um, but, you know, these are really similar to things you're probably doing anyways. So, you know, why don't you add this into if you want to, if this is helpful for you to help you be that mom that you want to be and that wife that you want to be. And I always take requests too, if people who are subscribed to my email list hit reply to anything, you know, tell me, what are you dealing with? What do you need an article about? I'm trying to grow this big resource. So, you know, tell me, what do you want an article about? I will research it for you. I will find somebody, you know, if I don't know a lot about it, I'll find somebody who knows a lot about it, um, record a podcast about it, write an article about it, um, because I want it to be this resource where moms can get on and say, okay, how do I do this? What does this look like? How do I be that Christian mom? Wow, that sounds really, really helpful. Um, as we've been listening, Robert, I know, You've been in a, a situation where, as a blended family, uh, you have had to adjust two different sort of parenting cultures together. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious for, I guess it's a question for both of you. Do you guys ever read scripture as a family? Is there any way that you engage with the Word of God as a, as a family, or do you just do it as a mom? I'll let you go first, Brittany. <laughs> go for it. Um. 
We do not often as we should, because there's always, you know, a hundred things to do. Um, we do sometimes, especially I find bedtime is a really great time. Um, my littles too are still too little to read the Bible on their own too much. So a really easy way to incorporate Bible into your house is to say, okay, um, at bedtime, instead of just reading, which you can do too, but instead of always just reading kids books, you know, read Bible stories. We have a kid's Bible. It puts it just in terms that kids can understand. So tonight for bedtime or before a nap, let's read some stories out of the Bible. Totally normal. Or um, I love doing crafts for them. Well, I'm not totally crafty, but when a new season or holiday rolls around, like Easter, um, when Easter rolls around, we might do some Easter crafts, um, make some resurrection rolls or make some resurrection eggs. And I have instructions for both of those crafts and other ones on the blog. Wow. Um, but um, to use that as a way to say, okay, Easter's coming up. Let's not just focus on, you know, eggs and stuff or Christmas is coming up. Let's not just focus on presents, but okay, let's do a craft or let's do an activity together. That's not going to take up a lot of time, but it's another opportunity to say, okay, this is what we're celebrating it, but this is why we're celebrating. And here's some verses from the Bible. And we go to the Bible because it tells us and to explain in kid-friendly language, you know, we go to the Bible and it tells us these things. And this is why we read the Bible. And this is what it says. Um, so just finding little opportunities like bedtime or crafts um, is more what I do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Now that my kids are older, we don't sit around and, and read the Bible together. But when they were younger, we would, we would, I would do exactly the same thing. Nighttime was always a good time for us to explore yeah, scriptures. I, I guess the reason I'm, I'm asking is that when I always had a difficult time with that uh, as a kid and as a parent, because it's difficult to keep their attention. It's hard to sort of go mm -hmm. through scripture like hardcore. So it always ended up being an activity usually or something where you could tie in the principle of a scripture or an idea. Right. Um, and I think that's a challenge a lot of families experience uh, that are trying to expose their kids to the truth of scripture. So I know we could go on and on, uh, but I, I feel like we've exposed our audience a little bit to what you're about and what you're doing on your website equippinggodlywomen.com. And uh, I, I just want to thank you for being cognizant, aware enough that there are other moms who need help. And you could have easily just stayed totally focused on your own and just been sort of insulated from the rest of the world. But you took a risk, you put yourself out there. Blogging is not easy. Uh, it is often... Uh, criticized and critiqued, and it's hard to just keep putting yourself out there. So from one blogger to another, uh, thank you for taking the risk to encourage and help other women. Well, absolutely. I love it. And thank you again so much for having me on your podcast today and letting me share with your audience as well. It's, it's been fantastic. And uh, like Brad said, we really appreciate it. Admire what you're doing. And uh, if anyone out there wants to get in touch with you, the best way to do it is through equippinggodlywomen.com, correct? Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with us today. Amen. God bless you. Goodbye. Thank you. You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So, so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? 
We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out. Well, that was a very uh, interesting discussion. It was. It was fascinating. You know, what I loved about it is that a lot of times <clears throat> people that study the Word of God and they're they're really what I would consider a scholar and they follow, they, they're kind of rigid and, you know, I don't know, legalistic even sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And so you would come to expect that from someone that kind of lives in that that headspace, but she was anything but that. She was very authentic and relatable and realistic with her own kind of views on things. She was vulnerable about like, okay, sometimes I don't feel like reading the Bible. And that's, I find that refreshing because I think that every ordinary day, Joe or Jill doesn't, we measure ourselves sometimes by the lofty expectations that some of these, um, some of these I don't, I don't even, I'm not going to say people, but some of these personas that they give you the impression they've just got it all together and they never don't want to pursue God or they never don't want to read the Word of God. And yeah. I just found that very refreshing. Yeah, and I I, th- I agree. I, I thought that she really had a, a wise balance of understanding between the discipline of a devotion and something that is empty and sort of just legalistic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a temptation to try and take parenting and our relationship with God into the structured realm where it's just a checklist. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that does not work. No. There is no three points to it. It's a not sustainable. Or, yeah. I mean, you can you can behave like that for a while, but sustainability is really important. I mean, it's a relationship that we're working on, not right. just a you know, regiment. Yeah. So her willingness to sort of talk about, okay, this is how you mix it up. You you try an audio version of the Bible. Right. You you know, you you change from writing or, or reading to listening and you uh you can sleep in if you need to and move your time around. And you know, this idea of flexibility within this process of studying scripture, mm-hmm. being a good Christian mom, uh, I found it refreshing. I agree. I completely yeah. agree. As well as practical, she has some really good tips for, you know, modeling things for our kids, making sure that you you don't have to give them all the right words, you know, all the right theology, but instilling in them an example of pursuing God and reading the Bible or whatever right. it is. I thought that was a very a very refreshing approach as well. Yeah, and she made a comment about <clears throat> is prayer and reading the Bible normal to our kids? You know, mm-hmm. this idea, do they see it enough that they consider that to be normal? Right. And uh, I, I think that's a good challenge to a parent who's listening. You know, are, are we practically illustrating what we say we believe? Right. And that doesn't mean that you, you know, that you're just perfectly tuned and scheduled and that your life is perfectly balanced. That's not it at all. It's the point that when life does get out of control, when you are stressed, do your kids see you reaching out to God right. Yeah. in those moments that you're stressed? I think you and I would both agree that our kids were probably more affected by our asking for forgiveness than our getting it right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or acknowledging the fact that we don't have it together. I mean, yeah. that's that's takes so much pressure it, off. It does. It does. We're not perfect, yeah. and our kids need to. You know, we have a society that that we are constantly measuring ourselves against everything, and our kids need yeah. to see. I'm not saying failure, but they need to see weakness sometimes. Um, as much as they see, need to see strength, they need to know that we are we are human beings too that are just are struggling through this and trying to get things right and. 
the main thing is where do we go for our source when we do run out of ourselves? That's right. I I would strongly encourage any mom who's listening uh, or or parent, grandparent, um, aunts, <laughs> whoever uh, is listening to us. If you're interested in learning how to read scripture, if you're, you're learning how to unpack the word of God in a regular habit in your home, I would encourage you to check out our show notes to this episode because we'll have the links right there for you to go and explore what's going on out there uh, for moms who are wanting to be more godly. That's right. Great resources out there. And as always, if this has been an encouragement to you, um, take a moment and rate or comment on our podcast uh, with whatever platform you're using. It helps us tremendously. It's not just to feel good about ourselves. It's It really is a way to kind of stretch our reach. Um, the more comments we get, the more ratings we get, the higher our algorithms go the out. More the more good comments we get. The more good comments we get. That's true. Um, <laughs> but the more, the more these platforms pay attention and say, oh, People want this, and so yeah. they, they put better placement on on where you can find us. So do us a favor and do that, and we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Absolutely, and uh, we want to thank you for being a part of this hour of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We'll be here next week. We'll see you then. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans. They have delicious coffees and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans. They ship their coffee anywhere in the world. So you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.